Our scripture lesson tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Before I read that, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Holy and gracious God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So Luke chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Just a couple of Christmases ago, one of my good friends from seminary, Ashley Ann Masters, was doing a little Christmas shopping before the big day. In fact, she had gone to the grocery store to pick up some food for Christmas, and while she was standing in line at the checkout counter, the person in front of her looked at the clerk and said, I would like to buy some Christmas stamps. Do you have any Christmas stamps available? Well, the clerk behind the cash register actually said, Well, we have stamps, but we don't have any Christmas stamps. The only stamps that we have, we have one with a picture of the Liberty Bell on it, and then we have another stamp with a picture of some woman and a baby on it. Well, the woman standing in front of Ashley Ann said, Can I look at the one with the woman and the baby? She looked at the stamp and saw the picture and said, Well, This is not just any woman and baby. This is Mary and baby Jesus. This is a Christmas stamp. I'd like a book of Christmas stamps, please. 
And so the wool clerk took another look at the stamp and she said, I just thought this was a woman and a baby. How did they get a picture of Mary and Jesus? Well, at this point, Ashley Ann was trying to bite back her laughter, but using her pastoral skills from seminary, she said, well, I think this is a painting, an interpretation of what we think Mary and baby Jesus looked like. Well, so finally the lady in front of her checked out and she went on and Mary Ashley Ann started checking out herself and, and checking out her, the food that she had bought and the woman went on about this woman and this baby on this picture. And finally again, Ashley Ann just kind of chuckled and said, well, I guess it could happen to anyone. Hard for us to believe sitting in a church on Christmas Eve that we wouldn't recognize a picture of Mary and baby Jesus. Hard for us to believe that anyone would not recognize it, even though we know that the world is maybe becoming more secular and less and less people are going to church. It's hard to believe that people still wouldn't know who Mary and baby Jesus were. It's just some woman and some baby. But believe it or not, on the very first Christmas, that's exactly who the people thought Mary and Jesus were. Just some woman. Just some baby who had come to Bethlehem with her husband. Just any old ordinary woman and her baby. So much so that they don't even deserve a place in the inn, but they have to find a place and, and give birth to a baby in a barn. Hard to believe, but that's exactly how the first Christmas went. People didn't know that this was God incarnate. People didn't know that this was the Messiah. They just thought it was some woman and some baby. And don't get me wrong, these people back in Jesus' time, they were looking for God. They were hoping for God. They were hoping for the Messiah to come. They were just expecting the Messiah to come in different ways. They were, were looking for God to appear in bigger ways, in bolder ways, maybe the same way we do today. In fact, all throughout history, I dare say, we as human beings, from the very time that we were created, we look up at the sky and we imagine what this Creator God is like. And we try with our, our best minds to, to describe this God, and we use big, great words like omnipotent and all-powerful and omniscient to try to describe this God who created this world, and even more so, try to take guesses at what this God wants us to do. But within our Reformed faith, we have always said and we always believe that because we are limited human beings, because we are broken human beings, because we are sinful human beings, that no matter how hard we try and how close we think we might get, we can never fully understand who God is on our own. Karl Barth called it the infinite qualitative difference between God and man. There's such a great gap. We are limited. God is unlimited. We are sinful. God is blameless. We are, are in need, and God supplies our needs. The only way that we could see fully who God is is if God came to us. We couldn't reach out and find God on our own, left to our own devices, left to our own minds. The only way we could fully understand who God is, is if He came to us. That's why Paul, in, in Paul's letters, often describes our nature as human beings, our sinful nature, as if we are behind bars or in chains, we're in prison, and we need someone with the key to come unlock that door so that we can fully understand this kingdom of God and fully understand who God wants us to be. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer described it in the same way when he was actually in prison. He was in prison in Germany and imprisoned for some sort of plot that he was a part of to try to kill Hitler. And while he was there, he wrote letters back and forth to home to people that he knew. And he even wrote letters to his own fiancée, Maria. And one Christmas, one Advent season, he wrote these words to her. He said, by the time you receive this letter, it will probably be Advent, a time especially dear to me. A prison cell like this in which one watches and hopes and performs this or that ultimately insignificant task and in which one is wholly dependent on the doors being opened from the outside. That's an appropriate metaphor for Advent. But don't be afraid, for Christ frequented prisons too, and He will not pass us by. The hope of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came to us. God came to us, not in the way that we expected God to, but God came to us so that first and finally we could see the fullness of God by looking God directly in the eye. Looking at God as a tiny child born in a manger, yes, but looking at God as a man who lived, who suffered, who died, and rose again to fully reveal to us who God is, kicking open those prison doors, opening up our eyes so that we can finally see who God is and who God wants us to be. Make no mistake, you are here tonight not because you have found God, but because God found you. There's a wonderful uh, Lutheran pastor named Kevin Strickland from South Carolina. He tells this brilliant little story from a time when he was in high school. He was volunteering in a, in a school class. It was a class of students with special needs at his high school, and he loved to go and volunteer every single day. And, and he had a friend there in this class, one of the students, in fact, with special needs, a, a young man named Chris. And every time Kevin would open the door to that portable and walk in, Chris would see him across the room and knock over chairs and come over and give Kevin a great big hug. He loved to see Kevin come in. It was his special friend. And often when he would come into the door and Chris would, would grab Kevin and give him a big hug, he would say something like this. He would say, look what found me. Look what found me. Look what found me. And then he would carry him over to a, a something he had been working on, some homework or a picture in a book. And Kevin realized what he meant to say was, look what I found. Look what I found. He wanted to show him something that he was doing there in class. Well, Kevin tried to teach him the right way to say this, but because of his learning disabilities, it was hard for him to catch on. And so every day he would come into the class and, and Chris would say, look what found me, look what found me, look what found me. Finally, one day he came into the class and went through this litany again. Chris said, look what found me, look what found me, and grabbed Kevin by the hand and pulled him over to the window, pointed out the window at a very faint rainbow above. And that's when Chris said these words, God found me, God found me, God found me. This time, Kevin thought he got the sentence structure right. Because you see, God found us right where we are. God found us on this Christmas night. God didn't come to us when we had gotten all the homework right, when we had fixed the world, when everything was right in the world. God came to us right where we are in our brokenness and our messiness. God came to us right here and found us. 
so that we could look God in the eye. This little baby born in a manger, not the way we expected God to appear, but God nonetheless. And now that we are found, our job, well, maybe is to help God find others. To help bring others to God so that others can see this God, this vulnerable baby in a manger, this baby who proves to us once and for all that God loves us and God will never let us go. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called every single day to point to this child who was born in a manger so that others may realize that they are found too. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the wonderful Christian writer, tells a wonderful Christmas story, actually kind of very similar to the, about a Christmas pageant, very similar to the ones that we do at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. It was a story, he had gone to an Episcopal church, but they did a pageant like we did, and every time they would play a song, people would get up and come to the front, they'd play the first song, and Mary and Joseph would come in, stand up to the front, and, and drop, put a little baby doll in the manger like we have here. It was representing, of course, Jesus Christ. Mary dressed in her blue, and, and Joseph with a little tea towel on his head. And then they would play another song, and the, the shepherds would come in, a few people predictably dressed as sheep as well. And another song in the wide men would come in and then finally at the very end they played angels we have heard on high and all the little children in the congregation who had been dressed in white robes started to come forward to be a part of the nativity play they kept coming and coming and there were so many children in fact that it was covering the chancel covering the steps so that you couldn't see through the children and see through the angels wings you couldn't even see the manger anymore in fact, one of the little children who was coming forward was straggling behind, and as she tried to look through the people ahead of her in line, she realized she couldn't see the baby Jesus. And so when the music finally stopped, she started to yell, Let Jesus show! Let Jesus show! Let Jesus show! Well, the priest heard those words and decided that was a pretty good time to end the service because he wanted people to go out knowing that on this Christmas day, we are called to let Jesus show. Tomorrow morning, we'll wake up and once again, we will celebrate the fact that God came and found us. God found us right where we are in this world that we live in, this world that is still broken, this world that is still messy, this world that's still in need. We'll wake up and we'll celebrate the fact that God came to us, that God fully revealed God's self to us through grace and truth and vulnerability and self-sacrifice. We'll celebrate the fact that God has once again come to us. But then our calling is to let Jesus show. On this Christmas, know beyond a shadow of a doubt God found you, so let Jesus show to the glory of God. Amen.